Hey, it's me, Andrew Cuomo. And I was very excited when they asked me to talk about Hustler Turf. And I'm like, I get it. I read Hustler on my turf. <laughs> no, and it's... then they told me it was something about a lawnmower, and I wasn't interested. <laughs> Hustler Turf. Hustler Turf is a zero-turn lawnmower. Uh, it, it can make it can make a 180 faster than Andrew Cuomo. Really? Faster than <laughs> the press. That's not possible. Yeah, I know. That's not and, possible. And uh, it's a great lawnmower that if you are spending time mowing your lawns on Saturday, you really need to test drive a Hustler Turf. Find a dealer near you and AB compare. Go to Home Depot and ride all those mowers, whatever. Then find a dealership at Hustler Turf and see the difference. They are remarkably different. HustlerTurf.com. HustlerTurf.com. the good old days when we were all for the Patriot Act and and then we were like wait a minute wait a minute this might be used for really bad things you know the FISA courts and we're like oh that was a mistake and when we were saying no this is a really bad thing people are like no it's just never gonna be used that way hmm. it'll never be used that and then when we said hey uh, you might want to f- slow down on this domestic terror thing because the domestic terrorists, they're actually calling workplace violence. And all you have to do is assign that to some group you politically don't like. And then you'll be able to round them up. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's not going to happen. Well, let me give you another crazy idea that's definitely not going to happen. Yesterday, Microsoft and some of their big friends... Uh, in uh, big tech have decided that they just want to know the source of every digital document, photo, video. They want a way to trace it to keep you safe. Mm. Nothing bad's gonna happen, damn. We talked to the guy who exposed this, a friend of the program, in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. Let me talk about something happy. Your dog. I mean, as long as I could take my dog to the gulag and they feed him and they give him rough greens because he probably wouldn't like the prison food. Uh, but you sprinkle rough greens on prison food and I think the dog would eat it. Um, in fact, sprinkle it on mine because I'd probably eat it too. Uh, but uh, your dog is your best friend. There's nothing like when your dog comes and stands next to you and just kind of rubs up against you or, you know, puts his head in your lap. I love that. Well, Uno is, uh, is an amazing dog and uh, is a working dog. So he works for the family. What was it yesterday or the day before? He was out in the backyard 
and he was being chased by my kids have two dogs next door and they're young they're puppies and they're you know they're grown up but they're what a year old and they were running like crazy and he was running with them he's now eight german shepherds at about 10 their hips start to go he's he was running with the puppies and he did it for like an hour this wouldn't have happened a year ago before we started rough greens get a free bag of rough greens now for your dog just to try it out because maybe they don't like it but the guy who started rough greens said you know not all dogs eat it it's not fair for people to you know buy a bag and have to pay the whatever uh to get a bag uh and then try it and they don't like it so he's going to send it to you for free all you have to do is pay for shipping by the way by the way they're now bags for big dogs like mine and then bags for little dogs like yours they don't have to know you know that your dog is a little dog and you buy the big dog bag because it would work out to your advantage you know what i'm saying here you come to me hey this package just fell off the back of the truck it's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Do it now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or you can call them at 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Alam Bakari is the senior tech correspondent at Breitbart News and is an amazing uh, voice on tech and the warnings on tech. Uh, I, I really honestly thank God that uh, Alan Bakari is, is alive and reporting because too many people are closing their eyes to the things that B- big tech are doing. Um, Alan, welcome to the program. I, uh, I got an email this morning at three o'clock from somebody who's senior in one of the companies that your article mentions and the the subject line was something like if hitler had this technology dot 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 uh and then i open it up i see your article and he said if this is happening there is no place to hide he's in one of these companies he knows about this tell the american people what microsoft did yesterday Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is a really frightening story. Uh, so Microsoft has teamed up with uh, Adobe, which is another you know, big software company, uh, and Intel, which manufactures the majority of central processing units uh, worldwide, to create something called the, content, uh, the, the Coalition for Content Provenance and Authenticity. Mm. And this is a coalition that they form with media companies. The goal of this coalition is to establish a point of origin for every type of digital content uh, that appears online. So if you take a photo, they want to know exactly who's taken that photo, who's edited that photo, and have all that information available once it hits the Internet. And the goal, they say, is to be able to establish the authenticity of information to establish right. that it's not a deep fake or misinformation. But this is like an incredibly, if, if this, think of how this technology can be misused, identifying absolutely everyone, absolutely uh, every point of origin. Adobe said in the uh, predecessor organization to this, uh, that, you know, there's going to be opt-in technology, but we don't know how long it's going to be for one. Microsoft would even answer 
if it's going to be opt-in or not. So let me just let me just go through this because it's going to be painted as a really good thing. But let me see first if I understand it. Microsoft has Word, Paint, Notebook, Edge, the Office Suite. So if you create a, a document or a, a dot, uh, JPEG, Microsoft uh, is involved and they will be able to say, let's say I, I send a Word document out and a bunch of people work on that Word doc and then I take it and I release it online. Everyone who touched that Word document will be identified? If this technology is enabled, yes, and the crucial question that Microsoft isn't answering, and I reached out to them before the article about this, is can you switch that off? Adobe, at least, uh, when they were working on, on a similar thing uh, before this coalition was created, said, yes, you can turn it off. Yes, this will be opt-in and opt-out. Uh, obviously, it doesn't erase all concerns, but uh, the, at a bare minimum, you have to be able to say you can switch this technology off. Microsoft hasn't answered my question about that. Okay, so then you have Adobe... That's Photoshop, Illustrator, Acrobat, Premiere Pro. Uh, they are the leader in photos, videos, and also documents. And then there's TruePic, a company that has developed technology to track the uh, uh, provenance of photos from the very moment they are captured on a smartphone. So if I take a picture, it will not only tell which camera and who that owns, who owns that, but it will also embed the exact location, correct? Uh, that's exactly right. And Adobe admitted that in, uh, in one of their press releases. They said, you'll be able to see who took a photo, where, when, and with which device. So it gives you all the information if you turn this on. Okay, so they're saying they're doing this because we have to have trusted sources. So... Exactly. Let's go. Let's first look at the good side of this. Let's say everybody lives in this, you know, utopia where there are no bad people doing anything nefarious. Why would this be good? So in the way they're selling this to the public, yeah. uh, you know, they're working with media companies, well, mainstream media companies. Uh, like the BBC and the Canadian CBC, they're saying, well, you know, we've got a world where there are deep fakes, where you can't distinguish between authentic information and non-authentic information. And, you know, there was that clip of, uh, you know, the Tom Cruise deep fake that yeah. went viral last week. People can see this happening. Uh, so they're saying, well, if we can establish the origin of all information, we can see what's fake and what isn't, what's coming from so-called trusted sources and what isn't. And that would be great if we re if we actually trusted anyone to determine what a trusted source is. Correct. And a lot of these organizations, these tech companies over the past four years, you know this, Glenn, they've been labeling, uh, you know, anything they dislike as misinformation, anything they Correct. dislike as conspiracy theories, as, as non-authentic, as untrustworthy. So now tell me what it means today. If this was imposed and we're looking for trusted sources, tell me what it would mean today to companies like Breitbart or The Blaze, uh, you know, my show, your stories. What would this mean? Well, here's the issue. If their whole purpose is to, is to sort uh, misinformation and disinformation, trusted from non-trusted, and everything that's created on a computer has these signals, these point of origin signals attached to it, then that will allow social media companies like Facebook and Google to very easily write uh, algorithms to say, well, if, if, it's, if it has this signal attached to it saying it comes from an untrustworthy source, uh, coming from a source known for so-called disinformation, we're going to suppress it. It's going to make censorship 
happen from the moment content appears online essentially that's and so it's kind of it, it's kind of the opposite where you know you had the Pentagon papers taken out and then photocopied and then released it would be kind of the opposite uh because if you released it now on your servers like Drudge did uh with Monica Lewinsky it would be banned through these these algorithms so you would have to do the opposite you'd actually have to get the information and then upload it on a a trusted source computer so it would beat the algorithm but even then if it came from you it would have your marking on the thumb drive right yep and that's just one of the ways in which it could be misused i mean think of how authoritarian regimes would love to get their hands on this kind of technology to identify exactly where everything came from uh now you know credit to adobe they did actually uh uh, note this as a concern, but uh, but Microsoft hasn't. Um, so there are many, many ways in which this technology can be misused. They're selling this as this great necessary thing, but uh, you and I can see where, where this, this sort of thing can easily go. So we have now in some places in the world, uh, let's use a historic um, uh, example, uh, over, I think, in the Czech Republic, no, it was Poland, uh, you had people that set up these, um, you know, uh, freedom radio stations and they had about 10 minutes of broadcast and then they had to break it down and move on this. Y- y- you you couldn't move on you in, no matter where you're broadcasting from uh, to get the truth out about something. It, they would find you immediately and it would it would also block anything. Right. So you'd never uh, get up. That's what this technology has the potential to do. The scariest point uh, point of this whole story, and I think uh, your source, one of these tech companies, it's fascinating that he works for one of these companies, you know, got exactly right, nowhere to hide. The fact that Intel is involved with, with this is the scariest thing because Intel creates central processing units. Those are the, the, the microchips on your computer that see everything that's going on inside your computer. Literally everything you do on a computer, on a laptop, is processed by the CPU, and Intel is the market leader in CPUs. Why are they even part of this coalition if not to uh, to track people? Can it work reverse? Can you if can these companies place things onto your computers, place things or 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 have identification of of your computer dna on things that you didn't ever touch uh that's a that's a great question i hadn't even considered that but uh theoretically i don't see why they couldn't do that you know imagine if any of these companies decided they're going to start putting out disinformation uh of their own to you know discredit certain people i mean is there any regulation preventing them from doing that from misusing their power in that way from retroactively changing information uh, and, you know, how, what controls they have inside the companies to prevent rogue employees from doing that. Uh, that's certainly a concern I hadn't thought of it uh, until you brought it up. But uh, that, that's, uh, that's definitely something to consider. So could you go over, because we talked about it on TV. I'm going to take a break. And then, um, Alam, I'd like, you to, I'd like you to talk about the algorithm that Google is working on or may have already launched now on critical race theory. Um, because th- this... These things are things that people need to know about, um, and they'll all come with happy faces. But, uh, you know, it, 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 you, you, people go bad. People go bad. 
and that's what you have to worry about. Uh, we'll uh, talk talk about that coming up in just a second. Give me uh, one minute to tell you about. Uh, let's see, uh, is it uh, is it Hustler Turf? Yeah, it's Hustler Turf. Hustler Turf. Remember when lawnmowers sucked? I remember my grandfather had one of those push mowers that you know just had the circular blades. That oh yeah, you remember that? Like the, the, uh, you're actually using your own power to make it like a hundred percent your own power, and no it gas. like didn't have a gas. You yeah. know, the blade was it was you pushing <laughs> the blade. It was like shaving your lawn. <laughs> Holy cow, uh, we have progressed. Now, about I don't know, forty fifty years ago, uh, there was um, a real innovation on zero point or zero. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, no, what is zero turn zero radius, turn right? lawnmowers? Yeah. Zero turn lawnmowers cut the cutting time in probably by half. If you are cutting a lawn, you don't have to go cut it and then turn and then turn again. It just pivots 180 degrees and you start going the other way. They are great. Now, they were used and invented by Hustler back in the day. They have done them for, you know, stadiums and ballparks and medians. Now you can get it. So if you're looking for a lawnmower this spring, you go to Home Depot, you go wherever you buy your lawnmower, and you drive the best of the best. Then you find a Hustler Turf dealer. There is no comparison. You can buy some other mower, but do me a favor. Before you do it, find a Hustler dealer. Just go test drive one. HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Alan Bakari is with us, the author of Hashtag Deleted and the senior tech correspondent for Breitbart News. What do we know about the Google algorithm and as it relates to critical race theory? We see all these, you know, obviously all the cancellations are going on all the time. But if this becomes sort of a technological norm where we can't even have the conversations about it, it's happening all behind the scenes. How much of a risk is that? Uh, I think that's a massive risk, and Google is it kind of shows the mentality of Silicon Valley that Google is very open about what it's doing. They have a whole public page explaining what they're doing. They call it uh, machine learning mm. fairness, and uh, this is actually a, a burgeoning field in the tech industry and in, uh, universities as well. The goal is to merge machine learning, which is you know how you train artificial intelligence, how you train algorithms, uh, and critical race theory. And the assumptions of that field. And obviously, we you know what uh, Silicon Valley means by fairness is very different to what ordinary people see as fairness. They see it as, you know, kind of correcting, you know, historical injustices of the past from, you know, 100, 200 years ago. And imagine what that means when you're changing search results. You're probably, you know, erasing historical records. You're, uh, you know, changing the... Uh, the, uh, the, the search results based on race quotas, you know, especially when it comes to images. You know, there was a huge controversy a while back over pictures of scientists and there being too many white scientists. Or, uh, you know, the, 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 when you search for scientists on Google, you know, what's, what's the skin color of the first image that shows up? Those are the kinds of uh, debates they're having over in, uh, over in Silicon Valley. Of course, you know, it, it's horrifying to most people. They, they, most people don't want to consider people's skin color at all in anything. But, but the, uh, Silicon but, Valley is obsessed with this idea and in implementing it and putting it into their algorithms. 
All right. So but all of this is different. The critical race theory uh, program that they're working on now, actually, as you explain it to me, goes out and looks for, you know, web posts, uh, websites, people that are disagreeing with critical race theory in some way or another and then marks them and then starts to go through all the people that follow them as infected. Is that do I have that right? That's probably, I wouldn't say it's part of the machine learning fairness, although it, could eas- it, it easily could be. That's more of their general, uh, their, their general campaign against so-called, you know, hateful, hate, hate, so-called hate speech, so-called disinformation. And uh, it, it's tied to the field. That's tied to the field, a, di- a different field called network analysis, which analyzes who's following who, who's sharing what uh, types of links from, uh, from whom. And it's, it's, it's their method for censoring not just one person at a time, but entire networks at a time. So say they, uh, say they ban a big, uh, a big conservative blogger with a million, a million followers on Twitter. That's not the end of the story. It's not just one person banned. It's also the algorithm is also going to look at uh, all the people who shared links from that website. And it's going to down, downgrade their, uh, their score to make sure they, they appear low, slightly lower in search results, slightly lower in things like trending topics and things like that. And every single tech company, not just Google, has some version of this system, this network analysis system. I'm doing a podcast um, today on this. Uh, it'll come out tonight on The Blaze. I'm, I'm doing a podcast on, on the silencing of voices. Um, and it, it really revolves around networks. They are doing everything they can to destroy the networks that we all created with each other, with Facebook and, and everything else. They can't allow those who disagree to actually be able to organize anything. And you see this now online, and I don't think people really understand it. And then you see it with CPAC in real life. That's what this is all about, making sure people can't gather large crowds uh either virtual crowds or or physical crowds um alam bakari thank you so much appreciate it all of your work um his book is hashtag deleted a must read uh he is with breitbart news the senior tech correspondent again his name is alam bakari you can follow him on twitter libertarian blue This is the Glenn Beck Program. So you know what happens to a car once the warranty is out and one of those little computer chips all of a sudden stops working? Yeah, yeah. I want you to imagine a smashed little cube of metal because that's pretty much it. Your car becomes a cube because of that little piece of silicon that that computer chip probably costs more than the car was worth. And after it goes to that big car manufacturing plant in the sky... That's the wrong time to try to take care of it. That's why there's car shield. That's why car shield cars go further because you can keep your car because they will cover those major expenses. They provide roadside assistance, a rental car during the time that your car is being fixed. The works. They even deal directly with the mechanic of your choosing, which means they're doing the majority of the heavy lifting on this. You don't have to write anybody a check and then wait for them to reimburse. My car doesn't care about my savings account. My car, my car doesn't care about CarShield, but my savings account and my wallet really cares about CarShield because they have me covered. Get covered today. 
carshield.com carshield.com use the promo code beck and save 10 percent. carshield.com and head over to blazetv.com slash glenn the promo code is glenn you save 10 percent off your subscription to blaze tv You want some common sense. Here it is. And I want to quote directly from a transcript. You'll understand why I'm saying that in a second. Quote, the thing I want to talk about that's happened recently, and I never from my years of teaching and administration, I do not get into religion. I do not get into politics with my students. It's not that I don't or I'm not involved in them. I'm deeply involved in them. But that is my belief. My belief is that those things should reflect your values and your values you should get from your parents. So I always want to have the students go to their parents when they have a question about their values and how that value should be reflected in their faith or in their politics. And you want to align those decisions about religion and politics with those values and with truth. I'm also not a conspiracy theorist. I have no belief in some great overarching Illuminati group that's taking over anything. But some stuff has happened last weekend. Now, this was in January 11th that I have some problems with that I think affect you. And I want you to help. I want to help you think about them. I'm not going to tell you what to think. I just want to help you think. And no, it's not about the Capitol riots. That was ignorance at the highest levels. I don't know too many people who are going to be okay with what happened. I don't care whose side you agree with. We do not practice sedition. We do not attack our legislature. But no, what's going on with Twitter and Facebook and Google and Apple, their decision as private companies to filter and to decide what you can hear and know about. And this is not about Trump. I'm not getting into that. This is about speech. Because there have been times in American history where a small group of people decided what you can and cannot hear. Think about McCarthyism. If you don't know about that, Google it or talk to your social studies teacher. But think about totalitarian governments. Think of North Korea. Think of China. What makes those types of systems possible is the restriction and the elimination of the free exchange of ideas. And America in democracies, we talk about the marketplace of ideas. Well, what happens when the marketplace of ideas becomes a forced monopoly? What happens when you don't have a dissenting opinions, when you don't have an exchange on competing ideas? How do you know if your idea can stand on their own if there is no marketplace of competing ideas? And I'm not saying that because I'm in favor of Parler, if I'm in favor of Donald Trump or in favor of anyone else who's being banned or their app is being told you can't be in the marketplace of ideas because you don't follow our prescribed values or ideas. I have a huge issue with that. And to me, this became a problem back in the 1990s, the early 90s, and that event in history known as Waco. And I know most of you weren't even alive, but your teachers and your parents know about this. I was not a part of the Branch Davidians. I don't have anything for or against Branch Davidians or David Koresh. But what happened, but because of what happened there, it was a religious group in Waco, Texas, that some some folks thought was a little odd. And the, the government decided that they needed to go in and check them out. And of course, they were doing some things that most people would have thought a little outside the norm or maybe way outside the norm. But that's not the point. 
The point was that a group of people decided that somebody who disagreed, who thought differently or looked differently from them, needed to be filtered, needed to be reined in, needed to be controlled by someone else. Well, that was a religious group. And I belong to a religious group. What happens if one day a different group of people thinks that my religion is different or funny or should be brought under control or should be filtered? Take that into speech. Maybe right now I'm in the norm. Maybe right now my speech is not too outlandish or too crazy. You might disagree, but I'm not espousing violence, racism, sexism, or anything else that as a culture we deem inappropriate. But what if a different group comes into power that no longer likes what I have to say or how I think, or if they begin to think that I'm extreme? At some point, any time we allow any group of people to tell another group of people, you can't think this, you can't say this, you can't write this, and you can't go to places where it's talked about, that is one step away from now what is happening to you. Because right now, it may be the ideas that you value are shared by people who are in power and filtering those people who are not in power. But just in one election, one moment away, and it can be flipped. I'm only getting into this because you as a young person, this is your future. You have a future ahead of you, and you will be developing your own ideas and your own values the way that you want to express yourself. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on any social media. My children are not on any social media. I'm 100% against Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Not only because in and of themselves are bad, bad platforms, but what is happening on them. I'm not in favor of that. Okay, this goes on, but it's the same tone the whole time. This principle is a principle that, uh, man, I would love to uh, support the school that he is the principal of, or she. It actually turns out to be a he. It's Dan, uh, it is, um, uh, do I even have the name of the no, no, no. Uh, it's Barton Thorne. He was the principal of Cordova High School, and he's being represented by Daniel Sir. He is the senior attorney, the Liberty Justice Center, because uh, this principal was uh, was suspended for that speech. He's now suing. Welcome to the program, Daniel Sir. Good morning, Glenn. Great to be with you. Great to great to have you. Tell me. What happened in this in this school in Tennessee? Yeah, Glenn, this is one of the most blatant examples of cancel culture we have seen in our country to date. And, you know, you just read the transcript of, of what Principal Thorne said. The irony here is that he was warning his students about the dangers of cancel culture and the importance of free speech. And he's the one who ends up getting canceled as his school administrators react to that speech by putting him on leave, suspending him from his job, kicking him out of his school building for seven weeks. And he doesn't actually get back to doing the job he loves with students until he has to sue them. And that's just, this is wrong. Okay. So what did they, why did they kick him out? So the school district kicked him out for for talking about basic civics, right? The the administrators at the district heard that that message that you just read and they called it unfortunate 
They said it didn't represent the values of their public school system. What? And they kicked him out of the school building. What does it listen to the rest of this McCarthyism and all uh, and all what happened? How many people lost their jobs, their lives even because of association or because of thoughts that they may have had or just wonderings? Can we not wonder anymore about things? I want you to think about it and talk to your parents about it. If you trust your teacher, talk to your teacher about it. Be aware, be in the loop as far as what's going on. And not whether or not you agree or disagree with the people being filtered, but this can happen to you one day. Can it? And think about it. And just remember, the power is in our choices. We choose our actions, but not our consequences. Make wise choices and have a great week. What part of the principles uh, do they not agree with? It's crazy, Glenn, right? This is what public education has come to, where if you talk about liberal orthodoxy in your classroom, if you champion the Black Lives Matter or other parts of the liberal agenda, you're, you're just fine. But if you say something as non-controversial as free speech is important, think for yourselves, have respectful conversations with people you disagree with, Watch out because they're coming for your job. Like that's what happened here. Daniel, how confident are you that this case uh, can be won and a profound message can be sent? So this is about the Constitution, Glenn, right? This is a fight fundamentally for free speech in a free society. And I feel great when I got the Constitution on my side as a lawyer. And I feel great when I've got a client like Barton Thorne, who is a great principal, who is a good man, who's the kind of person every parent wants teaching their students these important life lessons. So I feel great about our case. And I hope the school district does the right thing here, which is not Mm -hmm. just giving Barton his job back, but acknowledging that what he said was right. This is a teachable moment. The school district needs to tell its students that if they talk about free speech in a paper, they're not going to get an F. Needs to tell the other teachers in this district and across the country, it's okay to talk about the Constitution, to teach basic civics, and not have to watch your back that the speech police are coming for you. So hopefully the district does the right thing here and, and acknowledges what it did was wrong and illegal. We're talking to Daniel, sir, the senior attorney at the Liberty Justice Center. Um, Daniel, I, I think it is it is important, um, really important, not only that he's reinstated, but I agree with you that they admit that they were wrong and that this uh, what he said was right. Not just that they were wrong. What he said was right. You should be able to think for yourselves and discuss these things in a reasonable manner. But I, uh, I would like to see, <laughs> is there any way to see something more uh, than this? Is there anything that can be done that sends a message? Because this is happening everywhere, and it's why people are not standing up. And that's honestly, Glenn, why programs like yours are so important. We have to shine a light on this. The only way we will fight back and win on cancel culture is if people have courage, if they have the courage of their convictions, 
if they stand up and if others stand with them. And if we shine a light on these outrageous examples, like what's happening to Principal Thorne, and the message gets out, uh, thanks to platforms like the one you have, that this is not acceptable in America, we still believe in free speech in America, and cancel culture isn't going to win. Because at the end of the day, the First Amendment, the U.S. Constitution, that's what we as Americans value. That's what we treasure, and that's what we're going to stand for. So, Stu, where was that story that came about the teachers being taught that children, babies, are racist? Arizona. In in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. And we were having a conversation about this, I think, maybe off the air this morning. And I said, I I honestly, I, I am beginning to blame the teachers that are going through that and not saying anything. Because if teachers don't stand up, if teachers would stand up and there's out of 100, there's 20 of them, that would make a difference. But they're afraid that they won't get a job or anything else. But that's what you're for, right? That's what Liberty Justice Center does. Liberty Justice. Absolutely. We're here to fight for people and defend free speech. And thankfully, you know, Principal Thorne, like he, he is a good man and he is a great principal. And he has, you know, courage to, to push back on that. And, and we need more people to show more courage to win this fight with cancel culture, because Arizona is another example, like the liberal orthodoxy that they are teaching our kids. It is pervasive. It is everywhere. We have a responsibility as parents to teach our kids the things that are right. But we also as citizens want to encourage good teachers like principal thorne to do the right thing and talk about the constitution with our kids we should celebrate that as a society uh daniel i'd like one of my producers to set up a private call with you uh sometime after the show uh i want to talk to you more about this Uh, but anything anything that you guys need anything that uh this principal needs uh you can count on me um, I, well, I thanks want you for standing with us you thanks for, for the first amendment. I want you to donate now to Liberty We have got the people who are brave enough to stand up have got to have the best defense and that takes money and a lot of attorneys. So please donate now to Liberty justice Stop it before you're the one that needs the attorney. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Built Bar. Day 63 of my weight loss regime. Dear Diary, spent most of the day in my gallery just painting up a storm. My brush was a blur of movement. Canvas after canvas passed before my eyes. I, I furiously pulled art from their lifeless and cold landscapes of infinite white. The sweat trickled down my brow, and the world around me dimmed and threatened to wink out entirely, leaving nothing but me and my creation. When I looked at my paintings later, I realized they were all of pizza. Perhaps it was time I had a Built Bar, Love Glenn. If you haven't tried a Built Bar yet, you are missing out. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. They're great. 
They actually taste like a candy bar. They're made with real chocolate. I don't know how they do it. I think it's witchcraft. I don't care. They are better for you than most uh, protein bars. Uh, they're really healthy. Have I mean, just read the back of one. Of them. Just go to builtbar.com and read about them. You will see. They're great, especially keto diets. Builtbar.com. Builtbar.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get 20% off now at builtbar.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, we have a lot to cover next hour. I'm going to go over the show that we did last night, give you some of the highlights. Um, and uh, Justin Haskins is going to be joining me. He is uh, uh, one of the researchers and my co-writer, co-author of uh, The Great Reset, the book that is going to be coming out. Uh, and it is moving so quickly. Um, last night we did something on finance and the banks and what's happening and you, you will see what we talked about earlier this hour on the, the tech companies squeezing you on social media and squeezing your voice. Well, there's another squeeze coming on another side, and that is from the banking systems. You will not believe what has already happened. This is not in the future. This is right now. We're going to talk about it and what you can do to prepare for a very different future. Next. This is the Glenn Beck Program.